Hi, welcome to the Berry Nation podcast, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April. And I'm Jason. No Miss Natalie today, but we have the pleasure of welcoming a brand new guest, one of our newest Berry Nation experts to the podcast, Monique Coleman. Hi. <laughs> we are so excited to have this opportunity to talk with you today. We want to know how we can make room in our lives for movement. If you are watching this podcast in January of 2024, our current theme in the community is really decluttering. How do we make room in our lives to, to live the pillars? And we know from personal experience, sometimes finding the space in our life for movement is challenging. Sometimes those challenges are real. Sometimes they are made up in our minds. So today we are very excited to learn from you, Monique, one of our movement experts about how we can do exactly that in, in the community. But before we kind of dive in, will you take a moment and inter introduce yourself to any of our listeners, friends, followers, watchers that have never met you before? Yes. First of all, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm super excited. So excited. Um, my name is Monique, and I am the founder of Thick Chicks Fitness, so body positive um, fitness community. And it's funny because I never thought bariatric life was going to be me, right? I started my business over 300 pounds, and I was just like, Thick Chicks, this is where it's at. It wasn't until my doctor said, hey, if you don't do something, then you are going to have to be on diabetes medicine for the rest of your life. And both of my grandmothers, unfortunately, one had her legs amputated to diabetes and the other one just slide a slow and just, you know, harmful, hurtful death due to diabetes. And I knew that I wanted to be the generational curse breaker a lot of people don't think that diabetes can kill you, but yes, it can. There's so many things associated with that. And being a single mom, I just knew like that wasn't going to be my journey, right? I couldn't let that be my jam. So my sister-in-law was the one who actually came to me one day in the kitchen and said, what are we going to do? You know, both of us were overweight and we were just like, we got to be here for our kids. Like we, we got to do something. And she said, I really think that this bariatric journey is going to be us. I'm not going to lie with you. At first I was like, nah, mm -mm, nope, not me. You're not going to cut me open. I'm not going to do that because I hear people do it and it's a quick fix, right? Fast forward a year later and bariatric surgery saved my life like hands down, like it, it saved my life. It's been one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. And I've been through some hard things. You know, I had a child that passed away at six months and, you know, a mother that had a stroke. And on top of all these things, I want to say that bariatric surgery as a result, that was one of the things that really turned my life around and helped me regain my life. So I'm thankful to bariatric surgery because it opened up a whole new door that I just never thought I'd be able to ever gain my life back. So that's where we are. That's a, that, that's a big journey from where, where you started to, to where you, where you are now. And I think what is so inspiring about your story is that despite some maybe big obstacles that you had in your life, you, you face them really kind of head on and you just said, no, this is important and, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, I'm going to figure out the way I'm going to create the path if it doesn't exist, or I'm going to partner with people to, to get it done. 
and, and you did it and you continue to do it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, and it's a journey, right? It's, I, mm -hmm. I wish people would understand that like bariatric surgery is not a quick fix. I mean, you guys oh. know, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard, but I'm so thankful. And you're right. Like I, first of all, obesity is something that people don't think that is like an epidemic. And it's like, it's a disease, right? Obesity mm -hmm. is a disease. And if you don't look at it as such, you need to figure out how am I going to cure this disease? And bariatric surgery for me was the cure and it gave me back my life. And mm -hmm. I just hope and I pray that people, you know, they come and they see things like Berry Nation and they see like what's happening here to say, you know what, this is a helping, this is something that's going to help me cure that disease. Yes. So, yep. Could not have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right, friends. Well, if you're ready, I say let's dive in. Go. Yep. All right. So, Monique, before before we kind of kick kick off, I guess the the conversation, let's all reflect a little bit. What was movement like in our lives before bariatric surgery? Right. Like, what 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 did we think about it? Jason, why don't you start? Then Monique, and then I'll share. So before I had surgery, I was, uh, my highest weight was 470 pounds and breathing was a workout for me. If I got up anywhere I got up from was a workout, like walk it, like any, any type of general movement whatsoever, getting dressed in the morning was a workout. I viewed everything as, as hard to do. So it wasn't until, yeah, it really, it, it took a lot to get me to even be able to move around when I was at 470 pounds, like I, I've told the story many times about how, you know, just, just the smallest things were just almost impossible for me to do. My mobility had gotten so, so bad that, uh, I really was having a hard time. Like my wife was cutting my toenails. My wife was helping me put my compression socks on. My wife was helping me get my shoes on. And I, you know, it was a lot of just, it was a lot of help. And it was one of those things that I had to really deep down dig and kind of have that conversation with myself like she's doing this but this is not what she signed up for we're 40 like i'm 44 years old and she's taking care of me like i'm you know like i'm 90 yeah and this is not like nobody deserves to have another you know 20 30 years of this of taking care of somebody like this at that level yeah you you bring up a a really good point, and that is sometimes our our size and our shape absolutely makes exercise right or like type of intentional movements truly impossible. Because just like what you said, like living life, just trying to get through the day was was movement, like full stop. Okay, Monique, what about you? Yeah. So, you know, so ironically movement for me before bariatric surgery, I was really active, right? I, I ran marathons. Like I, at 260, I ran my first um, half marathon. Don't ask me how I did it because I, I promise you, I'm like, well, how did that happen? Right. Um, but it hurt, right? I was always in pain. And now looking back on the videos of me doing fitness, I'm almost like saddened a little bit because I see the, I remember what my knees felt like, you know, I remember like 
I could go 20 minutes of maybe doing, you know, a one hour stint of fitness and having to stop and like pass the baton to somebody else, you know, or being so out of breath at, after one fitness class that I would be like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. Or like have to sit in the car after a workout because you know, at the end of the day, sometimes when you're in a fitness instructor, you always want to make sure your best light is shined out, you know, for everybody else. So you want to go 150 so that your class can at least give you 80, right? And I remember what that 150 did. It was hurtful and it was painful. And I would be like, okay, I'm teaching fitness Tuesdays and Thursdays. Wednesday, I'm not going to move at all because I can't, right? Because I went hard in. Or Thursday, oh my God, I'm probably not going to be okay until Sunday because I did two hard days. So it was hard. You know, I did it, but it was really painful. Hey, this is April, one of your hosts. If the Berry Nation podcast has made a positive impact on your life, become a supporter. For $5 a month, you can help us produce this podcast. Your support would mean the world to us. Visit us online at berrynationpodcast.com to learn more. I, I I resonate with that. Oh, sorry. Go for it, Jason. I was just going to say, it's funny when, when uh, Monique, you brought up the fact that you can look at those pictures and, and, and think right back to it. It's, it's funny how people who haven't been through our journey can look at a picture and they may have a memory or feel something about that time frame, but we look at those completely different. Mm-hmm. We don't think about the time we were having or how much fun we had or this funny thing that happened, we immediately can go back to and run an analysis on our entire body and say, that was the day my ankle hurt really bad because I did this the day before my knees felt like this. My back felt like this. That was a time. Like I was almost in tears because my back was cramping up. And I, I have plenty of pictures where I can legitimately do that same thing. And people who haven't been on the journeys that we've been on, through this, you know, having being bigger people and, and being able to, to see the lighter side of life like we are now, it really is something that only we can understand. And it really, it it's, it's cool to now be able to look back at pictures post-op and be able to see what the other people, we see it through the lens that other people have always been able to see it through, but we never lose sight of how we saw the pre-op stuff. Like we're I to me, I feel like I'm fortunate enough to have seen both sides. That's the way I look at it. A lot of people don't, you know, are, are saddened by the fact that they ever got as big as they got. And I was not, I wasn't a person who struggled with weight my entire life. So I had a, a, a period of time where I was, you know, pretty, you know, I'm not going to say fit because I didn't do anything remotely healthy. But I just happened to be on the smaller side of the like when I got married in 2001, I weighed like 235 pounds. I'm six four. So I was right in line with about where I should have been. And then I got sick in 07 and really started packing weight on and had a bunch of health problems. So I've been able to kind of see all sides of it. So for me, I, I mean, I am one of the people that actually view it as being fortunate enough to have seen both sides. Yeah. My, my movement experience was very similar to you, Monique. I was always very active, very athletic. I was a two or three sport athlete in junior high and high school. Uh, I started gaining my weight really after high school throughout college, but I was always taking 
tennis classes. You know, I, I always signed up for some type of PE class, even in college. And same thing, I walked the Seattle Marathon. Can't tell you how I did it, but I I did that, right? But same, I couldn't walk for a week afterwards, but, you know, very, very active. And um, for the last kind of five years, I think leading up to, to my bariatric surgery, maybe even longer, maybe even 10 I became very invested in hot yoga and I was going five, six days a week. But the thing that I remember about hot yoga is even though my size at the time was large. So I was 326 pounds when I had, when I had surgery and, and I, that, and I was doing hot yoga then uh, my fitness was high and, um, and my, my ability to do kind of those hard physical things uh, really, I think only grew but it was interesting because I always felt myself less than because my body physically prevented me from getting into all of the, the poses because I just couldn't do it. Right. Like my, my body was in the way of, of my body. Um, but usually about once a month, somebody would come up to me before or after class and congratulate me on going to yoga. And I was like, why do I need congratulations? It's because of my size. They were trying to make me feel good about like, well, good for you getting out there despite being, you know, this huge woman and, and you're still going to move. And I'd been doing it for like five years, you know, and it was just like, so I always felt like, even though I was out there doing the movement, I was being judged by others because of my size, even though I wasn't thinking that necessarily in, in my own brain. So I absolutely get that, um, that, yeah, the kind of that, that push pull between, well, I was active, but it, my size and shape, you know, it, it still prevented me from doing that. Oh yeah. People, when I used to tell people like I'm a runner or they would see me with my running gear on, they'd be like, are you a run walker or are you just, right? Are you just a runner to say that you're oh, good for you? Good job. Cause you're a runner. And I'd be like, but I don't understand. Like I, even if I walked, right. And when I tell you my running wasn't I remember this one time I did a 5k and this older lady, I mean, she dusted me, right? I mean, she super dusted me so bad that she turned around and like ran backwards and was like, come on, girl, you need to hurry. And I was like, but I'm trying. <laughs> but I told myself, you know what? At the end of the day, like I'm out here, you know, I'm out here and I'm doing it and I'm proud of me because I'm doing it, you know? So I, I dude, I totally get that. Yep. Yep. And I, I was really thankful for my, um, for my level of fitness going into surgery. So if you're listening and, and you're watching and, and you, you're, you're pre-op or you're newly post-op and you were very active before surgery, you actually went into that procedure with the best possible preparation because you are strong. Your muscles are strong. Your bones are strong. Like you are used to, to, to physically working. So you have set yourself up for success and oftentimes we equate our fitness with what we look like on the outside, but it's absolutely not necessarily true. Um, and I can remember that my surgeon even said going into surgery and afterwards, I, I, I didn't have very many issues and he just noticed some things and he's like, well, it's because you're a very fit individual, but you don't think that, right? You, you equate a size and a shape with, well, I'm fit and I'm trim and I'm lean and I'm this and I'm strong. No, no, no. We all can be strong. We all can be fit and be battling the disease of obesity and carrying excess weight. Right. So those two things can, we can separate them. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So 
I, I say this to a lot of people. Um, I'm two years post-op going into year number three, and I am still over 200 pounds, right? And a lot of people think that in the bariatric community, like, oh my God, it didn't work for her. No, that's not, that's not the case. Like, no, first of all, my doctor's like, if you would have been two, you know, two right now, I think I'm at 211 or 207 or something. She's like, 215, you're good. She said, because it doesn't matter what the size on the scale necessarily says, everybody's body is different. And in the bariatric community, that's the one thing, unfortunately, that I hate, right? You do not have to be a skinny mini, like, in order to be successful at bariatric surgery. I'm like, how much more movement do I have now as a result of bariatric surgery? How do I feel every single day when I get up? Like those are the markers that I think people really need to look at versus what you look like in the mirror or versus what size jeans you wear. I mean, that's just me. Let me get off my soapbox about it. But like the number on the scale just is like. Hey, Barry friends, it's Natalie and it is the holiday season. Are you struggling to find the perfect gift for your Barry pal? Maybe you've finally realized that you also deserve to get something special this holiday season. Why not give the gift of bariatric support with an annual membership to the Berry Nation support community? With over 80 live ways to connect, learn, and grow with bariatric dietitians, mental health experts, movement specialists, surgeons, and peers, you and your loved ones are bound to find the support needed for a successful and supported bariatric life. For just over a dollar a day, you and your Berry fam can enjoy the gift that keeps on giving with the Berry Nation Support Community Annual Membership. Head to the Berry Nation website, berrynation.com to learn more. Well, it's, it's, it's hard, and especially what, I'm, what I'm, I find from the people that I, I talk to on a routinely basis just throughout the, you know, social media, figuring out that it, you know, for women, the measuring stick is Wonderland. Like, if you don't hit Wonderland, then it may not, it must not work for you. Or, oh, you're just trying to get, to, good job trying to get to Wonderland. Like, well, that's not everybody's goal. Like, if I can go at 215 and my labs are good and I'm metabolically well, guess what? I won. I, I hit the goal. My goal is to be metabolically well, not the number on the scale. Not any, not in that BMI chart, not anything else. Like if I can go get my labs drawn and I'm good and can get taken off medication, like that's the goal. So it really, it really is hard for the difference that I see between men and women. Like men are just judged different. Like we're just like, if we drop some weight, we're like, Hey, cool. Good job, man. Like good to see you out there working on it. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm trying, you know? And it's just like, hey, cool. No, it's, you're out there doing it though. And that's what matters. Like, and you just don't see the same thing on the side for females. And that sucks. Like it's hard for me to watch because I like I've always been a huge advocate, like as being one of the first, like one of the few males that were speaking out about it when I started speaking out about having my surgery and being vocal about it. Like it was predominantly, which is amazing run. You know, this was a, a woman's area, which is fantastic. Like I love to see the women succeed. I love to see them do their thing. Like they know I'm very supportive of all of them, but to see this stark difference in the way that the treatment goes, like I was on a live earlier and people were talking about how, like work for even work has been different when they started losing weight, like they're getting treated different because they look different. And that to me, I was just like, they were like, has that happened to you? And I'm like, no, (laughs) 
I was like, it it sucks. Like, I'm glad it hadn't happened to me, but I wish it hadn't happened to you too. Like, it, it shouldn't happen that way. Like, you know, they just everything about that changes, and that's it's it's crazy how different it's viewed. But sorry, I got on my soapbox for a minute, but it just yeah, it it's just different in the way it goes, and it really sucks that because the scale is predominantly how people measure their success, and it really shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, and and when it comes to movement, I, I think people also get worried about, well, if I start working out more, if I start doing hardcore resistance training, or if I start whatever this is, am I going to gain weight, right? I'm going to gain muscle and muscle weighs more than fat. And oh my gosh, then the scale is going to go in the opposite direction. And, and a lot of times we can be, we can do a lot of mental math about like, well, what's the right amount of movement or exercise so that I can be healthy and lose more weight without adding more weight. Right. And what we always talk about in, in, in Barry Nation is that, you know, movement is, it's one of our pillars of success. So we have four pillars of bariatric success, movement, mindset, metabolic wellness, and community. And we chose the word movement for a reason, because a lot of times exercise can connotate something negative in, in our past, right? We would exercise to punish ourselves for food decisions that we made, or we, or we exercise because we thought we had to, right? Or so-and-so did it, so I need to do this too. It, it was not a, um, something joyful for us. And exercise sometimes in our brains connotates something very rigid, very like, nope, you know, I'm going to follow this program or do this or do that, which is fine if that's what, what you like. But again, it, it can take our mindset in a direction that's not helpful. So in Barry Nation, we often talk about movement. And movement is any intentional movement above and beyond what is normal for our daily life. And what's powerful about movement in this context is that it's movement that is available to you today, not movement that maybe you could do before surgery, not movement that you hope you can do one day after surgery, but movement that is accessible for you right here and now. So if you have bad joints or you're struggling with some limited mobility issues, that actually doesn't really matter. What matters is that you are intentionally doing something above and beyond, right, for your metabolic health that is accessible for, for you today. Uh, and when we think about movement in, in that context, it frees us up to, to get creative and to think about movement as a way for us to bring more joy into our life, to help us be metabolically well, but it also gives us permission to separate kind of movement from, from our weight. Because the other thing that we say oftentimes in Barry Nation, right? Fitness happens at the gym. Weight loss happens in the kitchen. We are not going to work out all of the calories that we consume necessarily, right? So we're, we're not going to work our way thin, but we are going to move ourselves into healthier mindsets, stronger bones, strong muscles, right? We, we're going to move out some of those endorphins. We're going to do some really great things with movement, but it's not necessarily tied specifically to, to our weight, which I think is why this conversation is so important. Movement is just something we have to do in our lives almost every day if we want to really find that goal of what Jason was talking about, being metabolically well. Well, and it also a, a big thing for that as well is, you know, we, we talk about it in Barry Nation all the time, meeting yourself where you're at, 
that's why this is so important when she, you know, when April's talking about the type of movement, it doesn't mean you have to go out tomorrow and get a gym membership and go seven days a week, like the rock and, you know, put chains on your barbells and really work until, you know, all, all that stuff. If that's what you want to do, high five to you. Cool. Let's, let's do that. We'll support you either way, but meeting yourself where you're at is extremely important and just getting started because that's the biggest thing we hear people talk about is how just, how do I get started? Because so many people get so nervous about going to the gym like gym intimidation is a real thing we support that as well but it really like taking it upon yourself to do a lot of research before you even start is going to be huge in terms of meeting yourself where you're at oh yeah most definitely I think that's the number one question that I get from people all the time is like how do I get started like, Monique, I, I want to work out. My doctor says I need to work out. I know I need to work out, but I'm exhausted. But I have kids, but I have this, but I have that. And the number one thing I tell people, number one, you got to get your mind right, right? You've got to be in the mental space to say, hey, I know I've got to do this for me. I'm not doing it for my mama, for my dad, and not for anybody else, Yes, I want to be healthy for my kid, but at the end of the day, I need to do it for me. And just to know that you are valuable and you are worth getting healthy for is the number one thing that I tell people all the time, right? So mindset, check. The number two thing is like, do something that's fun, right? So like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm the type of person that I will watch YouTube all up and down and I will watch all the videos, right? And I'll watch them. I won't do them, but I'll watch them, right? And I'll be like, mm, that looks a little too hard. Mm, that look kind of look fun. Mm, that look whatever. <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm having a good time in my workout. And for reals, if it looks too hard, I'm not going to do it, right? We all know that we've been there. We've been to a class and then somebody's like, lift that 30 pound dumbbell. And you're like, you want me to lift? Nah, nah mm -mm, no. And if you do it, you know that you're going to be hurt afterwards, right? So then you're like regretting it going into it. So it's like, do something that's fun, right? Do something that you're going to get enjoyment about. And the third thing, do give yourself grace. I dance around my kitchen for 15 minutes because I get two 15-minute breaks a day because I work at home. And that checks the 30-minute mark, especially when it's cold outside and I don't want to go outside or let's say I don't want to get on my Peloton today. Like I'm just not feeling a Peloton day, but I know I've got to get in 30 minutes of movement. Two 15-minute dance workouts, like to Alexa. I'm like, Alexa, turn on Beyonce, you know, move for 15 minutes. And dude, that's that's it, right? I'm checking the boxes. It's like giving yourself grace to do the things that are fun for you. It doesn't have to be something that like you're gonna necessarily be like hardcore, you know, Sylvester Stallone. Again, if you like that girl, you like it, I love it. <laughs> it's like, you know, give yourself grace to do the things that are fun that are going to be good to your body. Yep. We we say it all the time. We're still like a broken record in Berry Nation, but space and grace is, is our bread and butter for a lot of reasons. And exactly what you just described is kind of what space and grace is all about. Sometimes we need to get some space away from the things we are telling ourselves about movement. We need to really push back and go, is that true? Do I really not have time to move today? Or can I really not move in, in, in one specific way today? Really, is that true? 
And then what am I really thinking about movement? What am I telling myself about movement? Am I thinking movement is punishment? Am I thinking I can't do it? Am I thinking, right, what what limiting belief am I really repeating up here that is stopping me from actually moving, right? Because our thoughts impact our beliefs and our beliefs are what drive the actions that we take. So if you're thinking movement is not something that you can do, your belief is that I'm never going to be able to move and you will never take action towards movement. So it really does have to start with with your mindset. And just like what you said, movement is movement is movement. There is no magical number that needs to be associated with how long you move, how often you move throughout your day, right? I mean, if you do 30 seconds of movement throughout your day, you are going to add up to a bigger chunk of time where you are doing something intentional. But it's all these things that we think about movement in our head or in our hearts that really kind of prevent us from from doing it. So well, and there's nothing there's nothing saying that you can't start out dancing in your kitchen and move up to the 30 pound dumbbell. Like those things happen. Like that your workout is not going to be static forever. Like you're going to start somewhere and you're going to use it as a building block to start doing other things, more things. Your body's going to start calling for more movement. You'll get curious and start like Monique said, you'll start looking stuff up on YouTube and trying to figure out what the next progression is. And next thing you know, you may be looking like a Rocky montage working out in a barn somewhere doing leg lifts and lifting people up in carriages. You don't know what's going to happen. But the fact of the matter is, is like eventually you you can work your way up to anything you want to do and if you want to stay dancing in your kitchen it's still movement it's up to you it's not it doesn't have to look like one thing or another hey this is april jason nat and i love making this podcast for you each and every week but we need your help to keep it going become a berry nation podcast supporter for five dollars a month and help us produce this show visit us online at berrynationpodcast.com to join us. The the thing that has been really inspiring for for me recently is so I my I've got two words of the year kind of. Um when, when I look at all of the pillars, when I look at our four pillars of bariatric success, movement is a pillar that I was having the most difficult time kind of living every single day. And I just got tired of telling myself, well I I'll, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to do that tomorrow because I was realizing not moving was impacting my life in negative ways. It was impacting my my, my mental health. It was just impacting the, the strength that I was not feeling in my life, right? It, it just was like, nope, okay. If I say this is important, I, I have to do this. All the other facets are going good. I go to Berry Nation groups. My my eating is pretty pretty dialed in and I feel like I'm, I'm focused on my mindset. I'm, I'm making good progress there. And at the end of last year, I said, okay, enough is enough. I'm done with this. I'm done talking myself out of it. This is just bullshit. Like time, like put up or shut up, right? <laughs> like, and my word for this year overall is persist. I have to persist towards my goals no matter what. I have to stop talking myself out of it. And instead of me thinking about movement as a routine that I was trying to get into, I stumbled across this article about the power of building practices over routines. And the quick difference is a routine is something that you do, right? So when this happens in the day, this is the next thing, right? It's an if then, right? So when I do this, then I do this, then I do this. Well, the problem with that is if one part of your routine gets thrown off, your whole routine can kind of go out the window and then you just don't do it. 
that was not working for me because I was giving myself all the excuses in the world to, you know, not move. And I was like, yeah, I need to outsmart myself here. But a practice builds in flexibility, right? When you practice something, you're saying it doesn't necessarily matter when or how or, or, uh, or what this looks like. What matters is that it happens in that day. So when I really embraced this idea of practice and I looked at my schedule and I was like, okay, there are three opportunities to move here. I'm going to write in move at those three times. And one of those times I'm going to do it. I'm going to move. So yesterday was my 14th consecutive day moving. And after spending the night, thank you. I'm very proud of that. That hasn't happened in a very long time, according to my Peloton app. Uh, so Saturday night, I went to a friend's house, overindulged, drank way too much, right? Spent the night at their house. We had tacos and margaritas and we woke up the next day, a little bit hungover, uh, and slow rolled my way home. Got home around three. I was watching the football games, laying on the couch. And I was like, oh, all day when I got home, I, I was telling myself, oh, I don't think, I don't feel like moving. I don't feel like moving. I just, I need a rest day. I need this. I need this. I need this. And then at 8.30 at night after the football game is wrapped up, I asked myself, so is today the day that you're going to break your movement streak? Is today the day? Is today the day that you're not going to persist and you're not going to practice? Like, did I lose my leg at my friend's house? No, I didn't, right? Like, could I go walk? Could I go walk for 15 minutes? Can I give myself permission for 15 minutes? And, and I, my answer to myself was, no, today is not the day that I'm going to break that streak. So I went upstairs, I got on my treadmill, I, I committed to 15 minutes and I did my 30, right? Now I wasn't feeling great. It's not like I was hardcore power walking or anything. I, I walked. Walking is movement. And I practice movement even on a day that before I would have talked myself out of. And I think maybe what's different this time is it, it, it is the mindset piece, but I have also made room in my life for movement because I say no to other things until I've said yes to movement. And most days that that is what happens or most days I have to promise myself, OK, you're doing these things, but you can only do these things if you are moving later on tonight. It has to be one of those if then equations for me. Because I'm really starting to realize I was purposely cluttering my life with other things to make it appear like, well, I don't have time to move or I, oh, I'm too busy or, oh my gosh, or, you know, my knee's kind of hurting and no, 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 no. It, it, it really has taken me just asking myself those very simple, that, that very simple question is today the day is today the day that I'm going to break, break that streak. And no, the, the answer has to be no. And I'm really starting to understand that's how I live that pillar. That's how I make room in my life for, for movement. And if I say it is important to me, the only way that it actually becomes important is if I do it. Yeah. Well, the, pow the power of persuasion and how strong our minds are Ooh. never really factored into me until the the kind of mental clarity of the post-op journey because that's when you realize like you could legitimately sell a glass of water to a drowning man when it comes to telling yourself what you are and are can or can't do like you know people don't realize that your body will like your your mind will give up way before your body will 
Like, cause it will just legitimately trick you into believing like you, you don't have anything left in the tank when you really could go so much farther and, and do so much more. And we are the masters of getting ourselves to talk ourselves out of it because doing nothing so much easier than doing something. So true. So true. I, as a fitness instructor, I think people think, oh my God, Monique, you work out all the time. No, no, <laughs> that is not You're the so case. motivated to do all the things. <laughs> She's doing all the things, Monique, is with the kettle. No, when you teach fitness, and I don't care what anybody says, I am instructing people, right, to do fitness. But at the end of the day, I still need to do my own practice, right? Like April said, like, I've still got to be in my own practice. And as I've now gotten into this stage of the game and my bariatric journey, what I've learned is that my practice for fitness needs to be gentler, right? And I need to be kinder to myself because I'm throwing kettlebells and I'm running and I'm doing all the things. But now my premenopause body has said, hey girl, <laughs> like, hey girl, <laughs> slow down just a little bit, right? And I've got to be okay with that. And I notice that on the days when I take the mindful walk, right? When I'm outside and I'm walking my dog because work is atrocious, right? Everything else business-wise is crazy. When I take those mindful meditation walks, it's like, yes, and I feel at peace. And I'm like, not only is my mind now being clear, but I've also gotten in that movement piece. And I'm like, dude, I feel good. And it's at those moments that I'm like, oh, this is that head heart connection situation that people are talking about. And I'm almost like, wow, I think I'm hitting a nirvana right now. Like, I think I'm in that oh, type place because it's like, I've gotten in the movement. My mind is clear. And now I'm ready to go and slay the day. And I hear so many people saying like, I want to know how do I get there? Well, be gentle right? Be gentle to yourself. And so many people find that so hard. And I mean, it took me 44 years to get here to this point, right? And I honestly, I equate like having bariatric surgery as a part of me being able to get there. Because if you would have told me, you know, five years ago that I would be the person that'd be doing mindful meditation walks, I'd be like, get out of here. That ain't me. Like, you know what I mean? I'm I'm not that person. Like, we gonna get out here. We gonna run, you know? No, no. <laughs> like, my mind needs to be clear and focused now. And I'm, I'm just so thankful to be able to like be at this point. But it's like, you gotta find the thing that really like does it for you. And it doesn't have to be that hard and that strenuous all the time. When you were talking, I literally could hear the things I used to tell myself about yoga before I started practicing it, right? Or just about all the things. It's like, well, if you're not sweating and if you're not in pain and if you're not, you know, then that that's that doesn't count. And if you can't do it at that high level, then there's no point in moving at all, which is absolute bullshit. It is not true in any sense of the word. But it's one of those mindsets that keeps us stuck or paralyzed when it comes to actually onboarding intentional movement in, in our life. But you're so right. It's not something hardcore. It doesn't have to be. And if you are just looking to start a practice of movement, the simpler, the better, right? Really, the, the gentler, the better. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. 
you don't just wake up and run hardcore into a wall. Like that just doesn't make any sense. But yet that's what we're thinking in our brain when it comes to movement. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I hear people all like, I just had bariatric surgery three weeks ago and now I'm going to get, and I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. Like <laughs> you're wait, like, hold on, you know, because if you overdo it, then you will end up hating movement. Right. And I, that's just the number one thing. Like my doctor told me like, Hey, I know it's killing you not to move, but like you just had surgery. So calm down, sit down, you know, do something gentle. And I think that was the first time that I really took up like cycling because I didn't think I was like a cycler. I, you know, being overweight, like my stomach would be hitting all types of things, right? And I was just like, ah, this is not comfortable for me. Like, you know, I was just, no, I, I tried yoga. I tried hot yoga and not to be whatever, but as a black woman, hot yoga, let me just tell you, it doesn't mix the hair situation. So I was like, no, honey, that's, that's not going to work. <laughs> right. So I was like, I have to find something that works for me. And that's when I really fell in love with walking. Like after I had surgery, because I wasn't a walker, I was a runner. You know, I was used to pounding the pavement, you know, to, to get it in, to be like whatever. But after surgery is when I fell in love with it. And I was like, wow, walking is great. You know, walking is good for you. You can still burn a lot in walking. And like Jason said, like as the progression now during my journey, now I've learned about, you know, strength training and what kettlebells, and that's why I created the Hottie Hit Kettlebell Workout, because I hear all the time, like, oh, I don't want to do strength training because I'm going to get bulky, and I don't want to look like He-Man, and I'm like, no, you know, you need some versatility when it comes to your workouts. Yes, you can walk. Yes, you can do cardio, but you still need the strength training at least two to three days a week you know, in order to really get in that good heart health. We, we had a, oh, sorry, Jason. Uh, I'll just say there, there are two podcast episodes. If you want to learn more about what we exactly talked about, we just recorded um, recently with Dr. Pesta and Dr. McMahon about the power of walking. Absolutely. Go listen or watch to that one. Uh, and the other one just went in and out of my brain. I believe it's uh, the one that we've done with Dr. Matt Weiner, where he talks about why resistance training after bariatric surgery when you are ready for that is so important and it's related to to overall health it's related to to protein and 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 muscle mass why it's, it's so important to to maintain some muscle on our frame so a fabulous podcast episode but there there are legit reasons for eventually incorporating some type of strength training or resistance training, but we're not talking about 50 pound dumbbells. We're talking about even, even your body weight, using your body weight for. Yeah. Well, and, and, and something too, that a lot of people don't realize, like when you were talking about Monique, when you talked about the, the bulkiness part, cause that's what we do here a lot is that, you know, the, the biggest fear for people who lose, you know, massive amounts of weight like that is loose skin. And people don't realize that if you replace the fat that's lost with muscle, it's less loose skin you're likely to have on your body. So you're actually trading one for the other. So it's not necessarily that you're out there trying to win Mrs. Olympia, but at the same time, you just want to, you know, it, it just helps to have it and it helps build, you know, there's, there's lots of benefits to it, but 
you know, you had mentioned something about, you know, now that you're, you know, starting to, you know, get older and realize you're premenopausal and things like that, like your body is changing. And that's what happens as we age. And we have to realize that listening to our body at that point is most important and very imperative because you can hurt yourself if you don't. Like there's no reason to push yourself beyond a limit that your body just can't do. And, you know, there's a difference in you just trying to tell yourself you can't do it and actually knowing that there's a nagging ache, pain, pinching, something feels stressed or strained and you're still trying to work through it to be like, oh, I ain't no bitch. I'm just going to keep going. Like, nah, it's a, this is different. You're going to actually hurt yourself and you're going to be wound up for a lot longer than you could have been had you just slowed down and listened to yourself. But incorporating the movement is one of the 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 biggest most important times to listen to your body to make sure that you're doing it in the healthiest way possible absolutely well monique we've talked about a lot in this episode you 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 dropped some some nuggets there but when when you think about helping people make room for movement in in their lives what's maybe the one big takeaway or or what's the thing that you really want people to know about about how they can go about making room for movement in their lives yeah um so the one big takeaway and how i personally feel that you know you can make room is when you make it fun right when you make movement fun then you're more inclined to do it right so i know if it's a day if i'm having a bad day and it's stressful and i know that i'm getting ready to have fitness it's the fun part of my day, right? So that's one thing that definitely I do. And then like you, April, I schedule it out, right? So I'm a big schedule lister type person. I'm not necessarily a type A, but if it's on the calendar, then I wanna be able to check the box. So I'm making sure that I'm writing in my calendar what fitness I'm gonna do what day. And then I make sure that I have an accountability partner, Melanie from Berry Nation, I love her. She has me on this whole Apple Watch situation. And I'm telling you, damn it, she closes those rings every day around like one o'clock. And I'm like, well, damn it, she didn't got the rings closed. So let me, let me get up, right? Or either she'll like text me and be like, okay, so like what's happening today? <laughs> what's what's going on? And I don't care what time it is. I'm like, well, let me put my shoes on. So really making sure that like I have that accountability, that friend, that you know, that's just one of the ways that I'm able to say like, okay, I'm making room because it's something that I'm not doing just for me. Like I'm doing it as a collective, as the community. So yeah. I, it, it just, it makes a world of difference. And then like, I just want to leave people with the last thing is give yourself grace, right? When it comes to fitness, no matter what it looks like, do not compare your fitness to anybody else's fitness. Because I know I did that for a long time. Even as a fitness instructor getting in the game, I was like, oh, you know what? This person is doing that. This person is doing that. No, I do my own thing. So if you ever take my class, four basic moves, right? No more than four. <laughs> because I don't want it to be hard. Like it doesn't have to always be hard and I want it to be fun. And I'm like, if I think it's fun, hey, cool, we're gonna do it, right? Just don't compare yourself to anybody else. 
thank you so much for joining us today. Those are amazing insights. And I know people are going to leave this conversation a little bit more inspired to really think about how they can make room in their lives for, for movement. Like we said, it's one of our pillars of bariatric success. It's something we're all striving to do. And, and what you have, what you have offered is, is very tangible for, for any bariatric patient, no matter what, what stage you were in. And if you'd like to continue to learn from Monique, there are several ways to do so. She's actually an expert in the Barry Nation support community, and she leads these phenomenal, they're almost like happy hours, but it's focused on movement. And the thing that we really appreciate about it, it's not necessarily instruction on how to move, but it is that accountability space. It's that safe place for you to come and better understand what movement looks like in your life, how it can be fun, connect with other people that are wanting to make movement a part of their lives. It's a safe place for you to really begin, right? To expand a little bit, to make a little bit of room in your life for movement, because the more you talk about it, the more you think about it, the more your mindset is going to shift and the more inclined you are going to be to move just by spending time with people who are also making it uh, important in, in your lives. So you can join the Berry Nation support community and you can join Monique at, at her meetups. But Monique, you also offer fitness classes, right? Yes, I do. So if you follow us, um, social media, all the things, all the channels, um, the thick chicks, right? The double X's. Um, we have free fitness on TikTok. We have free fitness on our YouTube page. And we also now have discounted fitness for $3 drop in $3 drop in um, classes, virtual fitness on my fitness pro every Tuesday, Thursday, and I believe Saturdays, um, you know, join us because we never want money to be an issue when it comes to fitness. I've been there, single mom, could not afford Pampers. And I was like, I never want any person to ever feel that, you know, money is an issue. So come join us more than just fitness as well. We do things like mindset, motivation, and it's just an awesome community of people that gather together just to do fitness together. Freaking rad. We will make sure that all of the links are included in the show notes so you can get to know more Monique more uh, on, on all of the platforms. And of course, we would love to, to see you and welcome you into the uh, Berry Nation support community. It's, it's where we are finding the support that we need as patients, uh, really for every stage of our journey. So we, we'd love to see you there. Monique, thank you so much for joining us. This has been amazing. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Jason, my friend, you want to take us out? Yes, ma'am. Yes, Monique. It's been a pleasure uh, getting to speak with you today. Uh, to the community at large, thank you guys so much for all the work you've done in uh, liking, sharing, and subscribing the podcast um, and in all the platforms, the players, the YouTube channel, all the things. You guys are helping us grow. We appreciate that so much. And better yet, you're helping people that need the help find the help, and that's most important. And just remember, at the end of the day, you've got this, we've got you, and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, friends. Bye, everybody.